You are listening to a message that was given at Living Word Chapel, Oracle, Arizona. It is our hope and prayer that God will use this message to speak to you and enrich your life. For more information, visit lwcoracle.org. So we are in this 21-day campaign of, of praying, and um, uh, we're coming uh, in the mornings at 6 a.m. sacrificially. Um, it's not easy to get up at uh, 4.30, get ready, and then come and, and start praying at 6 a.m., but there's been, it's grown every single day uh, where there's someone else and then two or three more people, and so we have probably sometimes 30 people, sometimes more praying uh, around a prayer circle and then with the people on Zoom. So we've got 20 people on, the, here uh, physically and then we've got people on, on our uh, laptop that are through uh, this Zoom app and they're, uh, you know, it's amazing what we can do now. And they pray. Uh, there's people on, on driving that have it on audio where they can listen to the prayers and we're praying specifically uh, uh, targeting different things that are that we believe are vital to the health of our of our world, you know, and, and we've been praying about this, and 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 in that, what I have seen happening in my life. Let me just say this: I have seen God extending my time like never before. He has given me more time to do accomplish more during the day than I've ever I've ever experienced in my whole life. Uh, it's, it's just crazy, and, the, and, and not only has I, have I been able to accomplish more throughout the day, uh, he has given me a peace in my, in my heart and in my mind that I have never experienced in my life, and, and I've been walking with God for 25 years, and it, it's like the things that I worry about, uh, I'm not worrying about those things. Coming into the end of the year, I had this pressure on me. I had this, 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 this heaviness, and it's amazing when we started this prayer that that, that, that that heaviness, that pressure was lifted, and I attribute that to the power of prayer and the peace that comes through prayer. And so, so we're, we're almost winding down. We're in the 15th day today, uh, and, and we're going into the, 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 the week. Uh, and then on Friday is a very important day. And I believe that God kind of ordains things in heaven, and then he brings them uh, through his people here on earth. And so on, on, uh, on January 25th, I believe that God, uh, before the creation of the world, said that's going to be a special day at Living Word Chapel and across the world, whoever churches choose to do so, but at Living Word Chapel, because uh, they're going to seek my face for 12 hours, and they're going to pray and fast uh, for 12 hours uh, to, to, to see the goodness of God be, be distributed through, through their lives individually, but also through the lives of, of, of their families and their world. And, and so we're coming together on, on, the, on the 25th, and we're, we're, we're saying from 6 a.m. till 6 p.m., we're going to actually uh, uh, petition God. Every hour, everybody spending some time praying petitioning God and the prayer focus for, for that day is for America. Praying for our country. Praying for all the anger and all the stuff, all the hatred, all the, uh, our government and all of the things that are going on that we should be, we should care about. 
There should be something in our hearts. We say, we, we have a beautiful country, and, we're, and we should pray for our president. We should pray for everyone involved in legislature and the people that are addicted to drugs in our country and the people that are out of church in our country and the people that are not connected to God in our country. We need to pray for our country. So we're specifically for 12 hours, we're going to do that. And so if you take out your connection card real quick, do this for me real quick. Just pull it out and wave it in the air like if you really do care. You know, and, and, and on this, on this uh, uh, card, it, it says there's hours right there, 6 a.m. So there'll be a group that will start here at 6 a.m. We're going to have the doors open from 6 to, to uh, 6 p.m. And, uh, and, and we're going to have people uh, specifically praying uh, for, for different things for our country during that, that time. And so I love, and, and, and then we'll, you don't have to be here physically. You can be at home. You could be uh, put some time aside, uh, maybe in your in your day where you're, you say at seven o'clock in the morning, I'm going to be praying along with everybody at LWC for for the things that are going on in our country. And you pray for one hour. And and here's where the whole thrust of it is. Okay, right before Jesus goes to the cross, right before he goes to the cross, he goes to this place where he prays. It's called Gethsemane. And as he goes there, he takes three of his most intimate uh, disciples with him, three of his closest, Peter, uh, John, and, and, uh, um, and James. And they go to this place, and, and he says, I want you to watch right here. I want you to watch and pray. And I'm going to go over here about a, a little ways away, and I'm going to pray to the Father. And he goes over there, and he says, I just want you to pray for an hour. And he goes over there, and he starts to pray and with his anguish because he, know, he knows he's going to be facing the most difficult time in his life. And he goes there, and he starts praying to the Father, Father, if this cup, if you're willing to take this cup from me, just take it. And then he says, oh, Lord, no, Father, not my will, but your will be done and he prays and the, the word of God says that his sweat was like blood he was sweating so profusely he was going through so much of a struggle that he's actually uh, agonizing and he goes back to find his disciples doing what they're sleeping and he goes and he says could you not watch for one hour could you not pray for one hour and he kind of scolds him he says come please pray and watch for one hour. And he goes back and he, and he prays again. And he comes back because they're going to arrest him. And he finds them sleeping. Here, here's what I believe. Hear me now, beloved. If I am a messenger, and that's all I am, a messenger of the, of the Lord, I think that the church has been asleep. And I think the word of God that came through Lily is right on. We need to wake up. Our schools are a mess. Our communities are a mess. Our families are a mess. People are a mess, not because of them, but because of the devil working in their lives, and we need to wake up and we need to pray. And there's power in prayer. And there's peace in prayer. So I'm asking you to please consider if you will pray for an hour with us on Friday. You can take your lunchtime at work and pray and don't eat. We, you know, it's not going to kill us. I, I guarantee it. I could probably take a couple of hours and not eat. But the reality is that God is calling his people to pray and to watch what's going on. And then at 6.30, I'm inviting everybody. At 6.30, we're going to have a praise and worship time. 
where we're going to celebrate the goodness of God and what he's done in our lives and let the Holy Spirit have his way. And, and, and Art and the team, I, I mean, this, this was just an example of what God's going to do, Jim. You know, it's just an example of the, 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 just the, the God-powered uh, uh, ability working through you this morning was incredible. And, and that's what God wants to do that Friday night and bring us to a place where we worship him with song and he's going to do great things. So 6.30, we, we want you to, to be here as well. We're moving uh, in this, in this uh, campaign, in this series. I want to talk today about persistence. We, we, we've, we've, uh, we've revealed, the, the word of God has revealed that there's power in prayer. In fact, next week you're going to hear a testimony of a, of a, of a, a couple uh, that the, the, the husband uh, was in stage four cancer and... Uh, why God works this way, God is, he just works his way. And we prayed for him, people prayed for him, and, and uh, went back to the doctor, and he's completely healed from stage four cancer. And I, I don't understand, you know, you're going to hear that testimony. And then we talked about the peace that comes through prayer last week. And if you weren't here, I would encourage you to, to listen to the podcast and, and, uh, and, and, and let the Lord minister to you, because I, th- I believe that true peace comes from Christ, and we find it in prayer. But today we're going to learn about persistence, how, how we don't give up in praying. And I want us to go to, uh, to uh, Luke's gospel, chapter 11, and there Jesus is, is, is praying by himself, and one of his disciples comes to him. And I'm going to read that. It's not in your, in your outline, but I'm going to read what uh, verses 1 through 4 say in chapter 11. And then we're going to go through uh, chapter 5 until he concludes his, his, uh, his discourse with them about prayer. Because it's so important the way he progresses through it. It's so important. So, so let me read real quick in, in, in verse 1. Let me pray a blessing over our word, over our, uh, our time and, and in the word. Father, thank you for everyone here. Thank you that you're here. I just ask your blessing upon everything that is said and heard in Jesus' name. We pray, amen. 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 So, so it says here in, in verse 1, And it came about that while he was praying, this is Jesus, in a certain place, after he had finished, one of his disciples said to him, so it's one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John, John the Baptist, taught his disciples. And Jesus said this, and he said to them, to them. Now, one asked them, teach us to pray. He said to them, when you pray, and this is kind of a, not as detailed as he does in Matthew chapter 5, but it's maybe a different occasion that, that he taught them how to pray. And he says this, when you pray, say this, Father, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we ourselves also forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. Okay? That's his, that's his teaching to them. He says, follow this, follow this format and this is the way you pray. To the, to the group in Matthew, he said, when you pray, pray like this, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And, and I, that's, a, that's a prayer that we should pray as a, as a uh, kind of expand it on it and, and, and say, our Father who art in heaven, holy, you, you're righteous and good. And that's the way, you know, I pray to him. You're holy, you're good, you're, you're worthy of my praise. Uh, uh, let your kingdom come and your will be done right here in Oracle as it is in heaven. Lord, right where I live, in everything I do, I pray that you'll be glorified and that your kingdom will come. Right? He says, uh, let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then give us this day our daily bread. In other words, uh, Father, uh, uh, thank you for providing all of my provision, my my food, my my job, the the monies that I have to pay my electricity. Thank you. Uh, Give us this day our daily bread. And lead me not into temptation. Lord, I'm, I'm vulnerable uh, there are many things that come into my life, Lord God. I pray you keep me uh, from t- uh, going through doors that are not from you, that will take me into a place where I will destroy my life, my family, my marriage, and my, and, and, and my church. I pray that you keep me from temptation and deliver me from the devil, from the evil one, right? Deliver me from the evil one who wants to kill, steal, and destroy my life. So he taught us how to pray, right? For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory now and forever. But then he goes on as he's talking to these disciples. His very next uh, uh, phrase to them is this. He says, then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend. And you go to him at midnight and you say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me. And I have no food to offer him. So he says to them, and suppose the one inside answers and he says, get out of here. Don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. And then Jesus goes on and he says, I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you bread because of your friendship, Yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. In other words, he he says, not only is he going to give you those three loaves of bread, this friend who who was your friend at one time, he's not your friend anymore. (laughs) Right? Not only is he going to give you three loaves of bread, but he'll probably give you some tortillas. And he's probably going to give you, you know, some huevos and chorizo or, you know, eggs and and whatever. And say, you know what, get out of here. And Jesus teaches us to never give up on prayer and to never give up on God. If you can go to a friend at midnight, you need to know that you can go to God at the darkest times of your life. And what this parable right away reveals to me is that that. What we need in life never comes at convenient times. In fact, what we need in life always comes at the most inconvenient times of our life. Right? Not only was this guy going to his friend at midnight, inconvenience. Not only was he going to wake up his friend, but he was going to wake up his family. But not only was he going to wake up his family... But because of him knocking on the door, he was going to wake up the whole neighborhood. 
And everyone in the neighborhood was not only going to hate the guy that was knocking, but they were going to hate the guy who his friend went there and knocked on the door. But it didn't matter. And Jesus is teaching us something right here. He says, it didn't matter. He was going to ask any ways. So what Jesus is teaching all of us is that our needs... Our needs, they, they come at the most inconvenient times. And they come in the most inconvenient ways. A loaf of bread? Dude, couldn't you wait till the morning? Right? Come on. And, and it, it made me process, process the fact that I, I usually don't pray for the convenient things in my life. Right? I don't pray for the things that, 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 uh, that, that are easy, the things that, that, that make me feel good. I don't pray about those things, but I pray a lot. I knock on the door on a lot of the things that inconvenience me. The adjectives of uh, convenient are, are these words, things that are suitable or appropriate or fitting. We don't pray about those things or things that are timely. Oh, you, that came just in time. But when someone has gone over their labor date, people start praying. Amen? When, when people have, have not healed in the right time, they had surgery, people start praying because it's not coming at a fitting time or favorable. We don't pray about the favorable things in life or the things that are advantageous. Those things usually don't find a place in our prayer life. They're not on our prayer list. But those things that inconvenience our lives... They usually are at the very top of the things that we're praying for. And they fill my prayer list. And the reason for that is because they're not suitable for my likings. They're not appropriate for my needs. They come at the wrong time. And they're not favorable for my life. And Jesus in this parable says, don't stop asking and he goes on and, and he says this about the friend. He says, I tell you, uh, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. And Jesus is teaching us that if his friend, hear me now, if his friend who is human got up from his comfortable bed and gave his once friend what he needed and more, how much more will God, beloved, who is perfect, who is gracious, who never gets angry, give us what we need in our time of need? The whole thrust of this parable is if, you, if a friend that is human, who is not God and who is not perfect, will get up and give you what you ask for. Do you not think that God who is perfect, who is never inconvenienced by you, God is never bothered by us. You never bother God. He's wanting for you to come. He's going to give us what we need. But he's teaching us something, beloved, that we don't give up. We don't give up. We don't stop praying. We don't stop believing. 
We begin to understand it's not our time that's perfect. It's God's time that's perfect. God's time is always perfect. And he's always going to meet our needs. And, and the second thing that I want you guys to grab a hold of it from this scripture is, is that there's power in the asking. The power of the ask. Jesus went on to explain. Now think about it. He taught him how to pray. Our Father who art in heaven, right? Hallowed is your name. Give us this day our daily bread. As we forgive those who are indebted to us, Lord God, forgive us our sins. But as we forgive those who are indebted to us, uh, just lead us to do so. And then he teaches them this this next parable. uh, And progressively he's moving them in a direction. And then he goes on to the power of the ask. He says, so I say to you, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks will receive and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. Did you know that if you do not ask for things in your life, you usually don't get them? Have you noticed that? Anyone? You know, we, we used to... Uh, we used to have to stop and get directions. Well, some, some of us did. Some of us men never stopped. And our wife would say, would you just stop and ask someone? I know where I'm at. I know exactly where I'm at. Well, you've been, you, you know where you're at three times. We've been around the same circle. <laughs> but we, we usually, if we don't ask, we don't, we don't, we don't get it, right? And, and now we, we stop and we look at our GPS and we put in, and then we ask Siri, Siri, uh, I need directions for uh, 923 West 5th Avenue, you know, and, and Siri takes us. And, and, and here's something that I want for you to grab a hold of and take away. Uh, I'm convinced that God answers prayer. And the only prayers he doesn't answer are the prayers that are not prayed. We have to ask. Jesus teaches us, you have to ask. And there's something about persistent praying that takes us deeper. And it's crazy, Lord. It's crazy that Art put that song in the, in the worship list about going deep. And when we go deep from one deep place to another, when you pray, when you're persistent in prayer, God takes you deeper into a place that you've never been before where you can trust him because he's faithful. A good wife is worth us being persistent about her in prayer. A good husband is worth our prayers. Here's, here's one of the biggest takeaways for me. This, this, these 15 days, Shauna and I are driving, though the, 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 the week before, you know, we have this enormous uh, possibility that's in the works and it's, it's growing closer and closer every day uh, of this door that opened to us in, in Kearney with, with this, uh, this, this local church that, that, that we're talking about, Emerge, and we're, the, there's, it, it's so close right now, it's just incredible. That church has been filled with people as we've been going over there and ministering, just like this, filled. And so my wife and I are talking the other day, and she says to me, you know, babe, if, you, you know that if I am not 100% in, that this is not going to work. And I said, I know. And she said, it's big. I said, I know. And in in, in 32 years of marriage, I've learned something in the last six months. (laughs) I learned it before that, but I learned this. I didn't say anything. She went to her 
She went to the bedroom, our bedroom. And she, she was giving the devotion the next morning on, on, on youth. Beautiful devotion. Everyone gave a beautiful, beautiful devotional. We're driving to the church, and at the junction, she says, I was thinking and praying last night. And she said, this is bigger than, bigger than us. This merge is bigger than us, babe. She said, but I want you to know that, um, she said, I'm all in. I'm all in. That needed to happen. Because she's my greatest asset. Besides Jesus, she's my greatest asset. And we drove down here. The peace of God just filled me. See, my persistent prayer for her, for my wife, is more important than me trying to badger her and, and try to manipulate her. Your persistent prayer for that son or daughter that's estranged right now, that's not walking with God, your prayer is more important than you trying to badger them into behaving the way they're supposed to behave. See, prayer does more than our words sometimes because we go to God and he does the work in their hearts. Children who honor God and honor their parents are worth our prayers. The the good of our communities. Guys, if we pray for our communities, I, I... Believe with all of my heart that as we pray for our communities, lives are going to change. And people are going to be open to change. You're going to be open to God. And what I have found out is that as we pray, God just is, he just moves so mightily. Uh, Not just a prayer once a month or once a year, but consistent and persistent prayer. Jesus said, ask and it will be given to you. There's power in the asking. God is not a man who is limited of power and resources. He's not limited in love. He says, everyone who asks will receive. And this is not a name it, claim it statement. It's a truth that leads us to persistent prayer and trust in a God who cares. And progressively you go from asking to seeking And Jesus said, seek and you will find. The one who seeks, finds. God desires for every one of us to seek his face, to seek his will, to seek his goodness. And when we do, there's a promise that we will find him. And Jesus takes his disciples right back to the parable. Do you remember how the friend came and and he came at midnight and he knocked and he knocked and he knocked and how the friend opened the door and gave him the bread in the the house and he gave him the jelly and the salsa and everything else that he had and get get out of here. (laughs) And Jesus now, now he takes him to the father and he says, knock and the door will be opened. And to the one who knocks, the door will be open. And he repeats and he reiterates his truth. And let me ask you a question. When is the last time that you knocked on heaven's door? When is the last time that you said, God, God, open the door? There's a promise that he'll open the door. There's a promise if you ask that he's going to answer. There's a promise that if you seek his face, he's going to reveal himself to you. There's a promise that if you knock, that he's going to open the door. And his door is, his, his dwelling place is a dwelling place of peace and restoration and goodness. 
And then he takes them, he takes them from, you know, you, you, need, to, uh, uh, you need to ask, right? You, you, need to, you need to not give up, you know? He goes into this, uh, uh, to this next very, very powerful thing. He says, there's a greater purpose to your praying. There's a greater purpose. And the thrust of prayer, beloved, is not for you to get more stuff in your life. And if you don't remember anything else, remember this. The whole thrust of prayer is for you to get more God in your life. The more I pray, here's what I've been finding out, that the more that I pray, the smaller I get and the bigger that God gets in my life. The more that I pray, the smaller that I get and the bigger than God, the bigger than God gets. And when I don't pray, the bigger that I get and the smaller that God gets in my life. So as your relationship grows with God, the less it becomes about you and the more it becomes about God. And here's what I want you to grab a hold of. Because stuff and relationships and wealth and being healed from, from an ailment that are absent of God will not satisfy you and will eventually leave you empty. The whole thrust, the whole thrust of prayer is for you to be filled with God. So he progressed in teaching his disciples and, and, and how to pray. He teaches them why to pray. And the reason that he wants for you to progress and, and to pray is because God wants to fill you with his spirit. Jesus, as he's concluding his teaching on prayer, he tells his disciples, which of you fathers, humanly speaking, which of you fathers... If your son asks for a fish, will you give him a snake instead? Or if your your son asks for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, and he knew the hearts of people, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And Jesus is teaching his disciples that You humans ask and you ask for earthly things and those earthly things are good, but they're temporary. They're temporary. Relationships are temporary. Healings are temporary. They're all good. Stuff, material stuff, money, finances, those are all temporary. But God is eternal. And when you get filled with temporary things, it's only a temporary fix. But when you get filled with an eternal thing, the eternal one, it's an eternal fix. And you're filled with the power and the love of God forever. How many of you have felt the difference between a spirit-filled life and a spirit-less life? You know, there's a difference The spirit-filled life is explained to us in Galatians chapter 5, and it says that a spirit-filled life is a life filled with love, unconditional love. That means it doesn't fluctuate. It's filled with joy. It's filled with peace. It's filled with forbearance. You know what the word forbearance in the literal uh, Greek means? It means tolerance. You're able to tolerate the people that drive you nuts. You got forbearance. God God gives us that tolerance for, for people right? And kindness. 
You're filled with kindness. You're filled with goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And these are the things that God, that Jesus is saying, if you pray to the Father, Father wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit so that you can have all these attributes. Because if you ask for everything else, and if you're filled with the flesh, the devil, the world, and the flesh, they will take us away from the purposes of God. They will take us away from the peace of God. They'll take us away from the love of God if we're not careful. And he says, this is what a flesh-filled or a spiritless life is like. It's a life that's filled with sexual immorality. It's a life that's filled with impurity. The word for impurity is where we get the word uh, pornography. It's porneo. And it's debauchery and it's idolatry. When you put other things before God, it's witchcraft. You know, witchcraft is where we get the word sorcery. The original word there is pharmakeia, where we get the word pharmacy from. It's, a, it's where drugs, the, the drug-infested life, if you're addicted to drugs, right? Now, there's medicinal drugs that help you, and that's good. That's from God. They're helping you sustain your life. But there are drugs that actually come upon you, and they're like bondage. And it's witchcraft, hatred, and discord, and jealousy, and fits of rage, and selfish ambition and dissensions where you divide yourself and factions where you say, I'm of this group. You know, some to the Corinthians, Paul said, some of you say you're of Apollos, some say you're of Paul, some say you're of Cephas. Is Christ divided? What's wrong with you? Why is there dissensions amongst you? Factions and envy and drunkenness and orgies. And these are the things that we pray about. We don't pray for. We pray for love. We pray for peace. We pray for faithfulness. We pray for self-control. We pray for forbearance and tolerance and all these things that are wonderful for our lives. But these other things is what we get filled with when we don't have God. We pray about them. Some of us were sexually immoral. Some of us were impure. Some of us were filled with debauchery. We were filled with idolatry and witchcraft and all these things. I have been a part of that list. I am no different. I've been here, but that life, that spiritless life, there's no peace. There's no love. And so as, as Jesus is teaching his disciples to pray, he says what God really wants is to fill you with himself and to fill you with the Holy Spirit. And that's what our 21 days of prayer is all about. It's about more of God in our life and less of us. Because I've had a way of just messing up my life without God. And God has had a way of just really putting me back together in a wonderful way. And I like God's way a lot better than my way. done done but I will say this I will say that God brought someone here today this is the most important thing as we conclude because he wants to fill you with him don't leave here without having God come into your life and, and give you his true true love and it's peace that is like no other peace. It's unique. It's God's peace and joy that can never be taken from you. And patience and forbearance and all these attributes, faithfulness and gentleness and self-control, all of these things that money can't buy. Don't leave here today without 
allowing God to pour that into you. Knock on his door. You're knocking on the door being here. I, I, here's the thing. Thank you, Lord. You're knocking on the door just being here. You're here in God's house. God is speaking to you. But don't leave here without saying, Lord, I want to take a hold of your hand. And here's the beautiful thing about God's hand. He doesn't have the flu. You don't have to worry. If you're a germaphobe, don't worry. God will, t- he's got clean hands. He'll take your hand and he'll restore your life. For goodness. I want everybody just to bow, bow your heads, close your eyes, and just, let's do some, let's do some Jesus time right now. If you're here today, God brought you here. And you're empty of God. You don't, you, you need God to fill you. He's here to do so. He doesn't want for you to leave here without without having that opportunity, that invitation for you to make Jesus the Savior of your life. And many of you have done so, but there might be someone in here that that, that God is speaking to your heart and he wants to feel you right now. And I'm going to pray a prayer and I want you to pray this with me. It's a simple prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for bringing me to this place and this time in my life where I'm 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 at a decision I'm at a crossroads. And, and, and right now, Lord, I, I, I'm, I'm making a choice. I'm making a choice, Lord God, to, to welcome you into my life, to invite Jesus into my heart, into my mind, uh, into my decisions, to make him Savior and Lord. Today I'm making that choice. And Holy Spirit, uh, I, just, uh, I just, I don't even know everything about God, but Holy Spirit, I just ask for you to empower me and, and just to love on me right now. I, I just need your love. I need your, I need your acceptance. I, 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 I've made bad choices, and, 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 and that's okay. We all make bad choices. And, and so, Lord, I just come to you now. I need you. And so just love on me. I receive that right now in Jesus' name. And I want everyone to keep their heads bowed. Now, if you prayed that prayer, let me tell you that God is, he's extending his arms to you. He wants to love on you. If you prayed that prayer, would you just raise your hand and say, that's me. I just, yeah, I see your hands. Praise Jesus. Yes, dear lady, I see your hand. That's beautiful. And I see your hand, brother. That's so incredible, man. That's so incredible. That's so incredible. It's so big. Everyone can look at me. It's so big. We, we take it so light. We make it so light that people just raise their hand. You are an eternal child of God today. You're an eternal child of God. Everything that is temporary has just been washed away, and the eternal things have come into your life. And I, for one, want to applause what you did today because I serve a great God. I I don't want to do church just normality, just church and and we don't get nothing out of it where you come sit in a pew and you leave stinking like pew. You know, I don't want to do that. I want to come and I want to have the vibrant walk of Jesus Christ in my life. And I pray that all of you guys will do the same. And so next week, here's what I'm going to say. And I'm talking to someone in here because you've been struggling. Here's what I'm going to say. Pray about it this week. Are you all in? Are you all in? That's for you to decide. I've learned my lesson. I've learned my lesson. I can't make you all in. You have to go all in. Let's worship the King.
This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.